You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Three You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller here with you. One more hour here on Stadium. So make sure you guys go over to Stadium. Check out WatchStadium.com. You can watch and listen to us there. You can also continue listening to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. We're still on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. Just had Frank Stanfield on the show. A lot of great stuff there about fantasy baseball, obviously, with spring training just about a week away. But we have March Madness on the horizon. We are getting closer and closer to Selection Sunday. And we check in with Isaac Trotter. You can follow on Twitter at Isaac underscore Trotter, National College Basketball Writer for 24-7 Sports, joining us here on You Better You Bet. Isaac, great to see you again. Not a great slate tonight in college basketball. Usually Tuesday and Wednesday are when we get the thick of the conference play in the middle of the week, but we still have some big games tonight. Uh, The Tulane-SMU game is interesting tonight in the American. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, I think I'm going to be on the home dog here. Uh, Tulane plus two and a half is an interesting spot for me. You know, when I look at SMU so far this year, basically they have to be good in two areas. They got a really offensive rebound and they got to be awesome in transition because their half court offense really stinks. It's been a struggle for them most of the year. And so in the first matchup between these two teams, Tulane didn't do anything, right? Like SMU got 19 offensive rebounds. They uh, SMU scored 19 points in transition. They basically didn't take anything away. And Tulane lost by four. And so I think tonight is one of those situations where Tulane coming home, getting them at home. This is a really, really talented group offensively. We've seen them put up some big time numbers offensively this year. One of the best half court offenses in all of college basketball. If they just do one thing well, just either rebound or take away transition, just one of those things well, I think they have a chance to get it done against an SMU team that is a bit vulnerable. And then, you know, when you look at this Tulane team, too, I like having teams that have six or seven different guys who can lead you in scoring on every night. That's what this group has. So I'll bet on the team that has the best half-court offense in this matchup at home. Purdue, one of the best teams in the country, takes on Minnesota. Minnesota's been pretty solid against the spread as a road dog here. Do we think they can stay within this big number tonight? No, it's a good idea. I I do. I think that there's a lot of, you know, 16 and a half feels like a lot. This is a Minnesota team that has the size to stick with Zach Eady. I don't know if I can lay it, though, just because sometimes Minnesota's half-court offense scares me a bit, especially on the road, too, where Purdue plays at a different level. For me, I'm looking at the props market. I look at Fletcher Lawyer over one-and-a-half threes. This is one of those times in the year where I think numbers start lying to you. You get used to it in the grind. You're starting to see all the same numbers. Well, all year long, Minnesota's done a great job of taking away threes. But lately, things have started to pivot a little bit. So you're going to look at their numbers, and they're going to say, oh, they're 12th nationally in allowing the fewest threes per attempt um, throughout this year. But lately, 
We've seen Peyton Sanford had eight attempts. Jade Nakin, seven attempts. Ty Berry, eight attempts from three. Zach Hicks, six attempts from three. Max Klesman, five attempts from three. Those are all like those lead shooters. So I think, you know, Minnesota is going to probably bring the double tonight against Zach Eady. Fletcher Lawyer shooting over 43% from three this year. We've seen him have some big-time numbers. If he gets on that same, like, trend where he's getting five, six, seven, eight attempts like some of these other top shooters, I think he goes over uh, and, and knocks down a couple threes tonight. And I would also, you know, do some line shopping with this one, too. You can look on FanDuel. It's around, like, 125, minus 125. You go on ESPN bet, it's plus 130. So check around, do your homework on that one because there's some pretty big gaps where you can get Fletcher Lawyer to hit two threes. And I think he's going to get six attempts tonight, and I'll ride the volume with that. I like that. Isaac, big game tonight for Colorado in Pac-12 play against UCLA. The Buffs are one of those teams. They're squarely on the bubble right now. One of those last four in, last four out. They're small road favorites tonight in Westwood. What are your thoughts on Colorado, UCLA? Yeah, this is one of those things where I love advanced numbers. I can can rattle them all off for you, right? I just think Colorado's better. Like, I really do. And I think that this is a group that – they haven't gotten to play their full lineup together. And I was looking at some of the numbers. Their starting lineup that is finally healthy has a plus 22 net rating together this year. So they've barely gotten to play. And that's with a number that got decreased a little bit because they just got destroyed by Arizona this weekend. So this is a big spot for them. They're the more talented team. I think they have three of the best four players on the floor in this matchup with KJ Simpson, Tristan De Silva, and Cody Williams. And UCLA's played better. I wrote about it a lot. Like, I, I understand why they're playing better. But if you still look at what their shot charts are, they take a lot of mid-range twos, and they're not a really great rebounding team. So they basically made a lot of mid-range twos lately. Just the, the tough shots are finally starting to go in. Colorado is great on the glass. So I just – I don't think that UCLA's offense can necessarily hang with this group. And I get it. Like, all year long, what have we talked about? Home teams are dominating. You know, we've seen a lot of really talented road teams go on the road and lose. I still think I'm going to lay it with Colorado tonight. I just think that this is the better club in a spot they absolutely need it against a UCLA team that is a little bit scary offensively. I think it's a good spot for the, for Tad Boyle's group to get it done. I want to pick your brain a little bit on Memphis, North Texas. Memphis, three straight wins. Penny's starting to figure things out with this group. Small underdog tonight. Any angles you're looking at? Yeah, this is a weird one for me because North Texas, they have two starting guards, CJ Nolan and Ruben Jones, who've been out for a decent amount of time. I think they both play. They're both questionable tonight. We'll see which guys play. So you want to monitor that. But I took a little of Jason Edwards under 18 and a half, their lead guard, just because I think if Nolan plays and Jones plays, the volume's just going to be a different. And I, you know, I know that Memphis has kind of burnt us a little bit right early, middle of the year, right? They start hot, middle of the year, they start to play bad. I think, I think they're starting to figure some things out with their rotations lately. They're starting to play a, a little bit smaller and getting Naquan Tomlin in there. They're starting to be able to switch a little bit better defensively. So I look at Jason Edwards from North Texas under 18 and a half points. It feels like an inflated number. If Nolan and Jones play, I don't think that number closes there. And against a Memphis team where we've seen Edwards struggle against some elite athleticism so far this year, I think I think Memphis's guards are going to be able to keep him under wraps. But this is a tough spot because North Texas is really well coached. You know, if if they keep their turnovers down and get shots up against this Memphis defense, maybe then Edwards cruises over that number. But I'll ride with the under on that spot. Isaac, right now, the way that most bracketologists have it is Gonzaga. They are like another one of those teams right now that's like right on the bubble. 
What do you think it's going to take for the Zags to get in? Do they have to win the WCC Conference Tournament? Will it be enough if they win at St. Mary's at the end of the year? Like, the resume is not great for the Zags, and it's not certainly one of the more talented teams they've had the last couple of years. So what do you think is their path to get into the tournament? No, it's a great question. I, I really do think if they beat St. Mary's and rack up the, that another big quad one win, they're going to be in regardless of what happens in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Because you're right. I don't think that this is Mark Few's best team. They don't necessarily have that lottery pick that we've been used to seeing with Chet Holmgren, with Jalen Suggs. I don't think anybody in March is going to be like super fired up that they drew Gonzaga in the big dance, right? Because this is still a group that has some cachet. They still have some veterans. Ryan Nemhard's been in that moment for a lot. Graham Mikes had an NCAA tournament moment before when he was at Wyoming. You know, Anton Watson probably maybe the best or top three power forward in all of college basketball with what he's able to do. He's just a phenomenal two-way guy. So I don't think anybody's going to be thrilled with that, but I, I still think this group finds a way to feel good about themselves on Selection Sunday, even if they don't win, um, win the West Coast Conference Tournament. I think they're just going to, you know, it's tough. They have a couple spots here at San Francisco. is going to be a little bit interesting, but I just think that they're going to start finding their groove. That was a really mature win against Kentucky. I think it's going to really, you know, push them forward. I don't think, and if they, if they get through the rest of the regular season unscathed, which is easier said than done, I think they'll feel just fine on selection Sunday and they'll make it. And then we'll probably be talking about them in the round of 32 against a really talented team. Cause this is probably one of the top 25 teams in college basketball, even if their resume doesn't necessarily line up with it. Isaac, I can't wait for Saturday. Some big games out there. Just want to get your opinion. Obviously, lines aren't out yet on these, but Red Hot Marquette taking on UConn, probably the one I'm most looking forward to. Any thoughts on that matchup? Anything we should be looking out for? Man, Tyler Kolek and Oso Iguodaro are playing at a different level right now. I think Marquette might be starting to find themselves again. This little heater from Kolek lately has been nasty. And then what Oso Iguodaro is starting to bring to the table, David Joplin starting to bring it a little bit to the table. But I just have a hard time fading UConn. I really do. This group just plays together really, really well. I think they complement each other well. Cam Spencer's been a big time to get for them. Alex Caravan can knock down shots. I'm interested what this line opens up at because my strategy all year long has been if I can get UConn within a possession, I'm probably taking them. And, that, and it'll be hard for me on Saturday. If that's something I've been riding all year, it'll be hard for me on Saturday to not double down on it. Isaac, the Mountain West for the last couple of years has kind of been a really up-and-coming league, but this year, I mean, they really got six pretty solid teams. San Diego State obviously made it all the way to the championship last year, but of those kind of six teams this year that certainly could be in the tournament, whether it's them, Utah State, New Mexico, Boise, Nevada, who's the team that you would like the best long-term in the tournament? I think it's New Mexico. I, I think those guards have some juice, like real juice. Jalen House is a spaz in the best way possible. Like he will pull from 40. He'll get in your grill. He'll try to make your life living hell for 15 minutes a game. Like that's just what he does. Jamal Mashburn Jr. is obviously a big time shot maker. But Donovan Dent, I think is their best player. And that's saying something on a group that has a lot of veterans and he's a sophomore guard. He just, I mean, his one hand passes are just dimes. He would probably be the best passer in the mountain West if Isaiah Stevens didn't still exist. So he is a beast. And so this group, I know that we've talked about them like, Hey, they win at home. They're great at home and say tournaments, obviously not played at home. If it was maybe New Mexico could win it all at the pit, but this is a group that I do think has a chance to make some legit noise in March. Just JT Toppin is another freshman that's come out of nowhere and become a, 
just an awesome player. They're old, they're veterans. What wins in March is those great guards. And New Mexico is going to walk into a lot of games against high major teams with saying, hey, like our guards are just as good, if not better than yours. And you can't say that about a lot of teams outside that, you know, that power six range, I guess. And, and I hate even calling New Mexico, you know, not a, a power six team because they're really, really, really good. Let's talk about the SEC for a moment. Um, Tennessee, obviously, you know, one of the top teams there. Auburn playing well. They get Kentucky on Saturday. They might score triple digits in that matchup. And then, of course, you have Alabama, right? You know, still pretty strong season out of them. How do you see the SEC shaping up, and do you think there's any value on any of these teams right now? Yeah, I, I think that Auburn's the best team. Like, their peak is just awesome, but I don't know if they've really found that consistency yet. You know, I think South Carolina, we're all kind of all waiting for them to drop off. And going on the road and losing at Auburn isn't necessarily surprising. Getting 40-pieced, eh, that's not necessarily the, the greatest sign. But this league, it just feels like whoever's going on the road, it's just your turn to get thrashed. Like, hey, Alabama, it's your turn. You're going to go mm -hmm. on the road. You're going to get thrashed at Tennessee. Tennessee, you're, you're going to go on the road. It's your turn to get thrashed by Texas A&M. Auburn, you're going to go on the road. You're going to get whooped too. So that just feels like how this league is. I still think that Tennessee finds a way to get this one done um, and, and win the league. I've been on Tennessee early as a team that win it. I, I just – Something with Alabama, I can't quite get there. You know, I, I know people are talking about the defense, but I still think with this group, it's like they're a little too reliant on those threes every single night. I wish they got a little bit more rim pressure for me, and that's kind of the one thing that I, I keep going back to with them. They leave me wanting a little bit too much, and so I, I'm probably going to end up, you know, with, with I think Tennessee is the best team in the league. But, you know, even another one too is Florida. Like, I have them 90-1. to one. I got them mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago to win the league. They have a really soft schedule to close the season. If they take care of business, I mean, if you're looking for a long shot with what, I mean, everybody's vulnerable in this league. I think Florida is a group that could really start playing together well, and they have such a soft schedule to close it. So they, they just need a little bit of luck. They, they have all the talent in the world. They just need a little bit of luck, and they could be find themselves right in the race in the last last week or two. I like it. Isaac, we got about two minutes left of the teams that are probably going to be like one seeds, two seeds, maybe even a three seed on Selection Sunday. Who's like the team that you're looking forward to fading that you think could get upset in the first weekend of the tournament? Yeah, I think if Wisconsin gets back into that range, that three seed, I, I don't necessarily see that with them. Uh, that's a group that they've struggled to protect the rim all year long. They don't have a lot of skill. Chucky Hepburn's up and down a little bit so far this season. It's like, you know, AJ Store is a guy that takes a lot of tough shots. He's been a really nice spark for them. I think it's a good team, um, but I don't think that's a great team. It's like I think they're somewhere in the middle, right? This last four-game losing streak that they had, everyone's like, oh, well, what's wrong with Wisconsin? And I just kind of thought it was just them kind of coming back to earth a little bit. Uh, but they have an opportunity. They have some big games coming up down the stretch. They have an opportunity to get back up onto that three-seed line. And if they do, just their style of play, their lack of like just depth at times of, of guys who can go get you one, that scares me a little bit with them. So they're a little bit vulnerable. You know, some of the other teams that I still think are a touch vulnerable, like UNC, everyone talked about, oh, their defense is so much better now. But now teams make shots from three and immediately their their defense now looks a little bit more normal. So that, that's another one where it's like we just get so caught up in the middle of the season, like, oh, this team looks great. Their defensive numbers on Ken Bomb, their top five on defense. And we don't necessarily look at some of the outlier numbers of like, hey, teams are just bricking everything, even all these wide open threes. So those are the couple of the teams that I keep looking at as like, mm, I'm not sure if I can fully quite get there with them. 
Love it. Isaac Trotter, you can follow him on Twitter X at Isaac underscore Trotter, National College Basketball Writer, 247 Sports, joining us here on You Better You Bet. Isaac, great stuff as always, man. Good luck on uh, your bets tonight. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. All right, great stuff there from Isaac Trotter. Yeah, Mark, that Mountain West, we had uh, we had yeah. another one of our guests on yesterday. He was talking about New Mexico. Kevin Sweeney was talking yep. to us to, about the Lobos. That could certainly be a team to watch. It kind of feels like they could potentially be this year's FAU. Like if they get in, if they're an 8-9 seed kind of team, that is somebody you do mm-hmm. not want to face. More You Better You Bet coming up after the break we're going to continue talking some college basketball pj glasser mark drumheller we'll be right back